0: Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. My next guest is
1: a YouTube legend He's been doing this for a long time, maybe one of the original OGs. It's Sean Cannell, and you may know him as Think Media. He's got over 2 million subscribers on YouTube. We talk about how he got started, what he's doing now with his business, and a lot of other personal things. Let's get ready for this one. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success magazine podcast. If I say so, it's probably the best one. And I know our producer loves that. Sean Cannell. It rhymes with channel. He just said that. Sean, welcome, dude. Everybody knows you in the YouTube world.
0: Man, Tristan, so grateful to be on the podcast and just grateful to be alive today.
1: (laughs) Dude, tell me about it, bro. By the way, I was following you on Instagram. I watched your live and you mentioned your new book. YouTube Secrets, it's second edition, right? Yeah. Just dropped. I ordered it and we downloaded the Audible. So now my son and I, on the way to school, are listening to it because he's 11 years old and he's like, Dad, we've got to listen to this together. I'm like, okay.
0: That's there awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're so excited. And uh, yeah, it's it's it, the original book came out in 2018. And so we completely overhauled it, added some new chapters. So it's refreshed to dominate YouTube in a new decade.
1: I, I love that. Well, let, let's start there because most people that know you know you from YouTube. If you've got an amazing YouTube channel with just over 2 million followers, Think Media. By the way, if you haven't checked that out, go check him out there. He's always giving value. And it's a beautiful channel. So tell me about how you got into YouTube first, because the first time we jumped on Instagram, you told me a story about Success Magazine. And that's what hooked me, man. I'm like, dude, we got to have this guy on Success.
0: Yeah. You know, I first got into YouTube. I got into video before YouTube started. So in 2003, I started shooting videos for my local youth group. Now there are 16 kids in the youth group. It's funny to think I was shooting with a a Canon HV-30 that had mini DV tapes. And so we would actually edit these really cheesy video announcements for our youth group. And we would put them into a VHS tape to play it in a VCR on a projector Wednesday night at our church. So just how far back I go and video a little bit of the picture, but what's cool (laughs) was um, our church, usually churches are behind But in 2007, we started a YouTube channel for our church just two years after YouTube started. And I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, there was a 15 minute limit on how long you could upload videos at the time and there was no custom thumbnails and we were making all kinds of mistakes, but it was nice to have that kind of head start. But then what happened was 2009, the story you were referencing was I now had all these years under my belt in video. I actually started to get requests to film weddings or local bands. And so I started a video production company called Clear Vision Media, where I just do video production. But then we Mm -hmm. hit the hardest season of our life. And it just, everything kind of came crashing down all at once. And the three big things that happened was, was first the housing bubble burst. And I got married young to my wife, Sonia. We got married at 21. And uh, a couple years later, we bought two houses on declared income because it was going to be a good investment. And we had a renter and um, and we had we were living with another family in our home. But but then the bubble burst and we already were were stretched pretty thin. So uh, one of our tenants stopped paying rent and we couldn't float both both payments. Um, Then. Uh, the the church we were actually a part of, unfortunately, some senior leaders stole some money, and it's so it started going through all kinds of problems. So that whole, world, and I was part time staff there, and and uh, that started to 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 uh, kind of fall apart, which was you know trust is kind of hurt. You're disillusioned. You want to trust leaders, but then the the worst of it all was was my wife got incredibly sick, mm. and so. We got married super young. A Couple years later, she goes to the Philippines on a mission trip. She gets some kind of a virus. We don't know what it is. Eventually, we, we figure out it's called gastroparesis. It triggered an idiopathic disease. But for years, she went undiagnosed, losing all this weight, throwing up multiple times a day, and got to such a low weight that they had to install a feeding tube, uh, Junum, just to get her weight back up, but they placed it wrong. So what happened was Whoa. we start, doing the feeding the first night, we're back at our, our home an hour north of Seattle in Marysville, and and you put the liquid through the feeding tube, but instead of going into her stomach, it started to fill up her body cavity. Whoa, dude. And what'll happen is it'll suffocate your organs. When you have liquid coming in all around your organs, it'll suffocate your organs, which can kill you. So we rush her to the hospital. We we turn it off. We rush her to the hospital. We, she, we rush to Everett, Washington. It, she's we get kind of stable there and then they put her in an ambulance and now we're, we're rushing to Seattle, Washington. So I'm fi- falling behind her car in our Honda civic. I'm falling behind the ambulance lights blaring. I'm panicked. What's going on. Is my wife going to be okay? They get her there. They have to cut her open to like clean out all of this. And I find myself by her side for six days in the hospital. Um, shook, honestly, like God, why is this happening? But also like, what are we going to do? What am I going to do as a, as a man, as a leader, I got to step up and, and ministry doesn't pay super well. And that area is kind of, I'm a new small business owner and I'm trying to kind of get that going. And, Mm -hmm. and uh, Tristan, I mean, I don't know if you can kind of feel the emotions. This is all happening in 2009, (laughs) all at the same time. And I have six days to just reflect and I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story, but it was gnarly, man. It was, it was crazy.
1: Dude, that on top of everything else. How did you not get just completely broken down? Like, I, I would just, I would have just been bawling and be like, I, I, I need to get out of this.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think a, a couple things. One, um, I've heard it said that if you're going through hell, keep going. You know, like the famous psalm yep. says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I think the key is if you're in the shadow of death, that's not where you want to set up camp. You gotta keep, (laughs) you gotta keep walking. And so, I mean, I knew, I didn't know what to do, right? Obviously I'm overwhelmed. I'm, 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 I'm discouraged. I don't know what to, but what was so crazy. And that was what I brought up briefly on our, our live together was one day. Now I'm six days in Seattle, Virginia Mason hospital, waking up every day, praying, reading, talking to my wife. She's taking a, you know, she's asleep and I'm trying to, you know, keep myself, Obviously I'm not doing any kind of work or anything. So I'm, I'm with mm-hmm. my own thoughts. That's not a great place to be. So one day I, I walk across the street, there's a Barnes and Noble across the street and I buy a success magazine. I mean, you can't make this up. Like obviously we're here on a, on a success podcast <laughs> too. But literally, I, so I buy a success magazine and I was already a reader, just always wanting to work on personal development and, and get some encouraging thoughts and some positive thoughts. And this was back when they had the CD in the middle You know, I
1: remember that. And,
0: uh, and so I had with me my laptop, an HP 17 inch, 48 pounds, (laughs) 2009 (laughs) HP laptop with a CD drive, some headphones and I pop in the, the CD into the CD drive and um, just start listening through the content and I'm, I'm being encouraged. I'm being uplifted and, and uh, Mm -hmm. they had this guest on there and it was Gary Vaynerchuk. Now, maybe today people know Gary Vee, but this 2009, he, he was kind of blowing up on Twitter. He had done Wine Library TV, but he's got mm-hmm. his his energy, and he, so Gary Vee, for those that don't know, right, he's a very, he was huge on social media and the power of social media and video. And so yep. he starts talking about specifically he had just wrote a book called Crush It, Why Now Is The Time To Cash In On Your Passion. And like all this energy is like, listen, if if you have a skill, a talent, a passion, a gift, you can start sharing that online, but you can also monetize that. Mm-hmm. So he's sharing that. And I already had my my feet in the YouTube world through my church. I already had developed this skill over the last six years of video. and And he's kind of pulling the pieces together for me. So the next day, after listening to that CD from Success Magazine, I walk back across the street and buy his book because of course he's sharing about his book. I buy Crush It and uh, it's sitting on the shelf behind me, that original copy, and I read it while I'm in the hospital. And that was such a transformational experience for me because I'll be, I'll admit that sometimes when you're learning something new and he's talking about things like affiliate marketing and all this stuff, it was all kind of overwhelming, but it, it actually really gave me this one conviction. It's funny, I was like, I gotta crush it. It's the title. That's what I walked away with the book. I was like, I need to crush it. But it was also, you know, sometimes people talk about building an online business or whatever because they want the lifestyle or you know the fame or the fortune, which yeah. is which is all fine. But that wasn't my motivation. I was like, man, I gotta figure this out for my wife. Like, I gotta fight for my family. I gotta figure out how what's gonna happen in the future. Will she ever be able to work again? We were dual income. How am I gonna pay these medical bills? What does our future look like? And so there was, while I'm getting also kind of the blueprint and this map of of what's possible with online mm-hmm. video, social media, there was also a fire building in me. And I was kind of at a Y in the road. I was like, I can either get bitter right now or mm-hmm. I can actually get better. I gotta rise up, I gotta fight. If my wife is getting weaker and man, today she's strong and we have a 18 ba- month old and we got another one on the way, but if, if she's getting weaker, I got to get stronger. If if you know, if if things are falling apart around us and houses and church and all this stuff is is falling apart, well then I got to rise up. I can either stay where I'm at or I can keep walking through the valley of the shadow of death and just hope that there's a light on the other side of this thing, and that was the genesis tristan of where we really are today. It wasn't an easy road. It was a a windy road <laughs> as of course it it, it is, it wasn't overnight success by any means, but it was really the moment where, it's called uh, motivation, mortality motivation. Mm. And they say when someone comes face to face with death, and in this case, I watched my wife come face to face with death, it shifts your perspective. You start saying, man, am I really living all in? Am I really, you know, I tomorrow's not guaranteed. And so the fire that sparked was yes, to of course provide for my family, but it was also like, shoot, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I wanna share my message. I wanna Mm -hmm. start something. I wanna do something that matters. And then I, ever since then, I have been on this journey to A, not just figure out how to do YouTube to provide for our own family, and build our own business. But that's actually what we do today is we teach others how to monetize their passion, reach more people with their message, you know, build their business with the power of online video and YouTube. And uh, the fire hasn't stopped.
1: How did you decide to pick that as your main topic? Because I find entrepreneurs, business owners, the ones that are listening into this, right? They, they're going through your story and some of them may be in a similar position, not on the the mortality side because that's that's rare to be there and then having on top of that something else like the housing crash, right? recession on top of that. But they may be at crossroads and they may be struggling business-wise or in another way. And they're thinking, well, what can I do on YouTube or or TikTok or Instagram? How did you decide to dive into your topic?
0: Well, I'll admit that finding clarity can be challenging. So I would say that's step one is is just know that it might not come instantaneously, but it will. Clarity is almost like wiping a foggy window. Like you kinda, the first swipe, it's a little bit more clear, but it's still a little bit foggy. Just commit to a relentless pursuit of clarity. As I look back, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, and we've turned it into a framework. So this is how I would say, it didn't come instant for me, but this is ultimately how it came. And we share the three Ps. The first one is, is passion. So if you're, mm. what do I talk about on TikTok? What do I talk about on YouTube? What is something you're passionate about? And what you can actually do is you could brainstorm maybe five to 10 things, because maybe, you, you do help people with personal finances and taxes and it's it's pretty obvious to you. You're like, I'm actually passionate about this. That's what I should share tax tips on, on TikTok. But maybe there's other things. Maybe you're passionate about classic rock. Maybe you also are really into snowboarding. And like all of these things could actually be very powerful and monetizable verticals. So you might brainstorm five to 10 passion, but the next P is proficiency. Now that you've maybe jotted down five to 10 potential topics, ask yourself, which one are you most knowledgeable about? Which one do you have the most experience in? Which one also has the greatest likelihood of keeping you fascinated and curious for the next three to five years at least? Which Mm. section of the bookstore do you gravitate towards? What what piques your curiosity? Are you constantly gravitated towards self-help, personal development, or history, or, sports um, or fiction or, and so proficiency, what do other people actually seek you out the most about? And I went through a season where I was kind of, I would almost say confused because video was this clear theme Mm -hmm. and this, not only was it a passion, I would argue it wasn't even my biggest passion, but it was a big proficiency. And for a while there, you know, I actually, we eventually moved to Vegas. while I was building my side hustle, I was working at a church in Vegas as their director of communications, and eventually they made me a pastor. So now I'm doing funerals, weddings, you know, a little bit of marriage counseling, but what I, I actually kind of went through an identity crisis because when I thought about social media or my Facebook DMs, I was like, okay, I'm a pastor. I'm I'm, I'm supposed to be leading in this church, but here's what's hap- I'm not getting any questions about. Can you help me with my marriage? Maybe my marriage isn't very good. I'm not getting any questions <laughs> about, hey, can you teach me about leadership? But people were asking me all the time, what camera should I buy? Mm. And and I was, because I, I was sharing that still on YouTube. Originally, when Think Media started, I had started my video production business, so I started doing camera reviews. And, and so that might've been obvious, but it wasn't obvious to me. I think that's the key. That proficiency speaks to what others see on you and you might even dishonor your own gift. Mm. You might actually be somewhat cuz I, I even too especially being in ministry, I I thought that was less spiritual. Well, it's not less spiritual. Like you got to help people like, you know, uh and but but I it, that was the P that was the proficiency P. But then the third one Tristan is okay, where's the overlap? You have 5 to 10 passions. Now, which of those are the strongest? Maybe you didn't nail it down to one or two where there's real proficiency in there. You've got a couple years of experience. You've you've been in corporate management or corporate leadership or real estate. Like, but then the next one's profit. If you want to make a living from this or bolt on an extra six-figure revenue stream to your current business or practice or coaching, you you need to kind of figure out what's the business model of this and some niches are more monetizable than others the truth is you can almost you can monetize anything with youtube ad revenue or whatever but maybe there's something that is more linear are you going to do coaching of some kind do you have a service that you'll provide do you wanna write a book or create an online course and will that be the income stream? Will you work with brands and do you need a bigger audience so that you can get sponsorships like people sponsor podcasts or ad placement in a magazine? So what's kind of your model gonna be? And d- just like starting any business, you sort of want to identify the TAM, the total addressable market. You wanna, you wanna identify identify is the opportunity I'm going into, is it growing or is it shrinking? Am I about to open a Blockbuster or am I gonna be starting a Netflix? So well, I'd much rather be, if I want to do nostalgic uh, legacy media and kind of have a niche audience around beta tapes and VHS, well then, then that's a choice, but Blockbuster has one store left and, and is not doing as well as Netflix is at this moment, right? <laughs> so if you want yeah. to be kind of future forward, if you overlay now, passion, proficiency, and profit, the goal would be at the center of those three. You're going to find your YouTube success path or your TikTok success path. Um, and that's what I would recommend for narrowing it down.
1: I like that, man. And that, I don't remember what chapter that is, but we just finished that chapter in the book. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I need to jot that down, just get the book. It's, it's good. And then in the audible version You've got you, and then you've got, is it Benji? Yeah. Am I getting that right? All right. Yep. You've got, you guys alternate between chapters, I'm assuming, because I just passed Benji.
0: Yeah, and we we co-authored the book. It, it, the project's kind of uh, just on pause now. It's called Video Influencer. So that was a separate YouTube channel. We started kind of to do about 200 interviews because that's what we combined in the book. We wanted to say, okay, not just our experience and our success, but what are the um, transferable Uh, best practices not just our isolated experience you know and there's sometimes it's nice to share like your success secrets but we wanted to really boil it down to what are the common Mm. traits across entrepreneurs entertainers different youtube creators that uh when it comes to youtube success and so benji and i started a separate channel a separate interview show we did that and that's what all was poured into the book
1: got it dude so far the book's awesome so thank you for that i appreciate that I've been looking for podcasts on YouTube, right? And I I can't seem to find great ones because I I just did. I just listened to one with Mr. Beast and and Joe Rogan. That was a good one. Decent, right?
0: Yeah. And then Colin and Samir, I don't know if Colin and Samir have uh, a podcast, but their YouTube channel is great. They do a lot of profiles on creators. Uh, We do have a podcast. It's probably not keyworded right, and that's funny because it's one of our skills, but we just call it the Think Media Podcast, but YouTube is the 90% dominant topic uh, of our podcast called the Think Media Podcast. I'm
1: going to it right now. (laughs) I just wrote it down, dude. Awesome. So very good. All right. Let's talk about why you didn't call yourself the tech pastor, because that would have been great, dude, (laughs) Why shift completely over to this, this whole teaching of video and tech cameras and not bring any of, of the pastorally world with your biblical world?
0: Yeah, that's an amazing question. And I actually appreciate you asking it. Um, you know, I think for me, my faith is still uh, at the center of of. My life and uh on Christ this solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Um and it was also though a hard transition because I think when you've been in ministry, quote unquote leaving ministry, uh it's hard for people, you know, but it, it came from biblical conviction and from I think you gotta follow the call of God on your life. So meaning this, I Ooh. have a foundation in in the youth ministry and just Old Testament, New Testament studies, and and you kind of think like, okay, that's what I would do for uh, the the rest of, of my life. But what I found was, in our small town church, which unfortunately did fall apart, there were so much good things that happened, and one of them was a marketplace ministry, and and meaning it was ministry to business people, and it was the whole entrepreneurship side. And once I was exposed to business and entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. um. I started to get incredibly impassioned about um, that particular area, and then there was a there was a kind of actually this teaching from Bill Bright in the old days, and uh, someone else, the founder of YWAM, it was called the Seven Mountains. And uh, today there's there's a, a book called Next Christians from G- Gabe Lyons, and they call mm-hmm. it like uh, it's like the Seven Spheres of Society. And and essentially what this teaching was was also like okay. When it comes to ministry though, one aspect of that is church, but there's also the thought that like, God's a lot bigger than church. What about, mm. what about the mountain or the sphere of society that's family? What about media? What about mm. um, entertainment? What about science? What about business? And so it was actually around 2008, even before everything came crashing down, that God really stirred in my heart kind of like a call to the marketplace. And so in a lot of ways, um, I feel that, uh, I, I, in a way, once a pastor, always a pastor today, think media is, is 25 people. I feel emburdened burdened to Ooh. care for nurture our team directly, um, caring about their lives and praying for them. So whether that's pastoring our team, but I've even had a few friends call me the YouTube pastor. Now I don't try to, I don't make camera reviews weird. I don't have to like Force, (laughs) spiritual, it's a camera review. Oh, that's so good. But one of the things I've learned is that sometimes people meet you for like the practical way you help them, which a lot of people meet us uh, at Think Media around obviously cameras and YouTube, but especially even in our podcast or whether we end up in a live event situation or some other situation, my faith just comes through at different areas and um i actually really believe that we have an opportunity to use our platform for good you know a city on a hill shall not be hidden we want we want to uh shine the god's goodness um in everything we do everything we do is unto the unto the lord and it doesn't have to be as overt as um maybe ministry is and i think we need both and what i found it's kind of changing now because i think a lot of marketplace ministry people see i think just the opportunity to to be salt and light in culture but you go back 10 or 20 years and that was a mindset that was kind of needing to be broken it was sort of like you're either in ministry or like you give to the local church and missions and just like put your head down Mm. and do your job as opposed to like i believe i still am in ministry i believe actually a biblical worldview is any any christ follower is in ministry that we are all called to ministry even the fivefold ministry itself is meant to equip the saints to do the works of the ministry. Therefore, this is getting a little geeky, I suppose, but like uh, it says, you know, pastors and teachers, apostles and prophets, we're all supposed to do those things. And, and it's not a weird thing. It's like, we're supposed to pastor people. We should be able to teach. I mean, we wanna, mm. I, I, in fact, the mission of our company is actually to teach business and marketing from a biblical perspective. So so the word of God is just actually the foundation. And that sounds In some cases, you don't need to over-spiritualize a YouTube strategy. However, the deeper ethics of uh, character, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, character and integrity and marriage and family and all these kinds of things. Our deepest conviction at Think Media, which is very interesting, it almost feels like a, a contradiction, is the whole influencer culture, selfie culture, it's all about me, I think Mm -hmm. has a lot of toxic elements to it. I think the next generation all wanna be YouTubers, but in my opinion, they're following a lot of quote unquote influencers that I don't think are good leaders and they're not modeling values that I want my son to follow. So I actually feel impassioned and called to not then shrink back, which a lot of people maybe would like, oh, well, let's just shut ourselves off from YouTube and social media. No, I think we have to be wise in how we embrace it. And my hope, is we wanna help 10,000 purpose-driven people not just figure out how to make a living on YouTube, but also really have figure out how to make a difference and share messages that matter. And I, and I also come from the perspective, like I believe Martin Luther King said, I, I'm not here to curse the darkness, but I'm here to light a, a lamp. And so we're trying to light a match and help others do the same to say, okay, cool. You know, there's yeah, probably, you agree, there's probably some people on social media that you don't want your kids to follow. Yep. Um, but, but, you know, they're doing their thing and they're on their journey. I just think we need more people championing grace and love and mercy truth. And, uh, that's at the core of what we do. A lot of times I, this isn't necessarily a conversation that comes out, but in an environment like this, it is coming out, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what keeps us burning. And, uh, that's, a, that's at the heart of think media. Dude, I,
1: I love that because sometimes we look at, in all religions, okay. But sometimes we look at religion in general and think well you know if i was really religious i wouldn't be using social media to go out and use use it to grow my business or i can't take a selfie or i can't it's just it almost contradicts the belief in people's minds and and i love that that you i would assume that it was probably a struggle internally to shift from ministry to youtube and still be okay inside, knowing that in your case, doing God's—you're still doing God's work, just your way.
0: It, w- uh, it was totally a struggle, and ultimately, when you boil that down, the fancy word would be theology. I actually think that you could have wrong theology. For example, you could think that ambition is bad. So that, but the truth is. There is toxic ambition, but ambition is good. I mean, you look at the foundations in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. We should have a vision. We should be ambitious to be good stewards. And so what does to multiply mean? It means grow my business, grow my family, reach more people, help more people, get more followers, get more subscribers. That was what fruitfulness and multiplication would look like. However, there are extremes and that's, you know, it's, it's funny. Our, our, we say this, our mission statement is to help 10,000 purpose-driven people create a full-time living, doing what they love mm-hmm. while making a difference in the world with YouTube. And a lot of times I don't say, but this is the final sentence of the mission and to experience that success without losing their soul. Because ah, what I've like noticed, that. right, is that it's one. So I think mm-hmm. it's either extremes. People fall into the ditches. Okay, the problem is if I get money or if I get fame, it'll change me, it'll destroy me. Not necessarily, although that is a very good caution to have because a lot of, you see a young person get famous on TikTok really quick, they blow their life up. Proverbs says an inheritance gained too early won't be blessed in the end. It's actually true. You Hmm. need the character to hold you. But at the we don't want to throw that out though. I also don't want that individual to feel like, oh, you're bad. You shouldn't be on TikTok. My hope is and whatever good we can do is to help people experience success without losing their soul. We've seen it. Your, your business blows mm. up, goes to your head mm. or your business blows up. You start neglecting your family. It's not that, oh, so business is bad. No, it's, it's actually that we need the character to steward growth. And I don't want actually mm. my business or my YouTube channel to get bigger than my character because I want to I don't want to be crushed by success, but I also want don't want to be afraid of success. And so it's it's a it's a line to walk. So I had to get my theology mm. right realizing David was ambitious but Saul and uh Absalom, they had negative ambition, uh, ambition in terms of the Bible. So I just wanted, you wanted to find the good path. Um, I love that. You see the teachings of Jesus. He, 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 was, he would say, we need a champion. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Meek is not a weakling or someone who just grovels and thinks. Someone's meek is someone who actually knows they're strong, is secure and confident in their identity. In fact, knows they have power, but meekness is is power under control. Using your power for good. I like that. Using your so so that's that's why we truly actually at the deepest level say, I actually think if any culture Mm. needs biblical values, it's the social media culture. And some people want to curse social media. I go, no, it's a, it is, it's a potential blessing. Like it also, and Mm -hmm. by all means, there's algorithms Mm. that can get us addicted to our phones. And, but so, Mm. so we just need a new skill set to say, no, this is also a tool, just like money. Like money's not the root of evil. The love of money is the root of evil. So we need to use money as a tool. Social media is an incredible tool to grow our businesses, reach more people, spread messages that matter. But absolutely we need to have character strong enough to steward the potential downfalls of social media, YouTube, TikTok.
1: Dude, that's, that's so good. And I, and I went off on a tangent on that on purpose because I find that you, you answered it at the end there when you said, in, in essence, you said, social media is whatever we create from it, right? And you've chosen to be a great example on there where I can, have, I can feel comfortable with my son watching your stuff right? Now, that's why we're reading the book together. So, I, I love that because there's a lot of that also missing in the world that, that you and I are in. Now, if you were going to start from scratch, and you may get this question often, but if you were going to start from scratch, would you still start on YouTube or would you go to TikTok? If it were today, if you were like, yeah, let's do this today.
0: If I was going to start from scratch today, um I would start a video podcast if, and and here's the playbook. So I would commit to setting up, um, it's it's as simple as a USB mic and a webcam. Um, A good example of this, the video side is pretty underproduced, his name's Kerry Newoff, he has a great leadership uh, podcast, and and he just records on Zoom. Um, But the power of the video podcast is number one, you can now live on YouTube and you can have the YouTube search ability and archive ability. YouTube is a content library. But then you also can put that podcast onto everywhere else, right? So, Spotify, by the way, Spotify also embraces video now. So, you have the video podcast as well as the audio on Spotify, Google, Apple, and we use like Buzzsprout as our tool to distribute it to the 30 other plus audio platforms audible. So, so now you're creating one thing. Cause this is also, I know people listening to this busy, a lot to do want to use, you know, these new tools, but how am I going to make it all work? So I'm trying to leverage my activities. If I'm starting again today, I'm starting a video mm-hmm. podcast. now I'm taking it really serious. I want it to be quality, make those episodes like no miss. I'm going to upload one episode a week. And then I would look for, you could either do this yourself or you I would look for someone to help with repurposing my video podcast. And there's a service called Repurpose House, $500 mm-hmm. to $1,000 a month. You could tell them time codes and they'll turn it into vertical videos, squares, um, the proper resolution, like, you know, horizontal revolution, resolution. But mm-hmm. if I upload that on YouTube, Joe Rogan's a great example of this. A longer podcast, two to three hours, but he has mm-hmm. his JRE Clips channel, And on his JRE Clips channel, there are clips that use a strategy we call trend surfing. It's, of course, he's built his authority, but it's Joe talking about something happening in the news. Will Smith smacks Chris Rock. And maybe whether you have a leadership podcast, whether you have this or that, like you just, you have that moment where you commentate on trending things. That's a big part of social media in general is talking about things in the now. But every week you have a chance to sit down and talk about stuff. Maybe there's a 2-minute clip that actually watch could be chopped out and also uploaded on the YouTube channel later. So you still have the one say 30-minute podcast, but on on that comes out Tuesday. On Thursday, you could upload that that clip or maybe there's a moment where you you segment out your show so you're like this week I want to give you the the ABCs of YouTube thumbnails. And so I know that even in my video podcast, there's going to be parts that are chopped out. Mm-hmm. And I have a three-minute video actually kind of pre-planned. I'm getting a little geeky here, but this is exactly what I do. And then there's maybe moments where uh, what it's not just TikTok. Vertical video is now TikTok, Reels, YouTube Shorts, yep. Facebook Reels, LinkedIn's adding Reels. So if there's you have to be thinking about the psychology of how does the clip open what is, how valuable is that moment or that clip but now mm-hmm. you can turn clips from your video podcast into tiktoks essentially so if i was looking for the most leveraged activity which the you know smartest business leaders and entrepreneurs that's how we'd be thinking is we're looking for leverage i would also be encouraging you know anyone who could say you should invest in this just like you invest in something like real estate. You're investing yeah. in it in a normal market on just expecting appreciation, but it's gonna take a while for it to appreciate. But you're investing in it like a small business. You start a brand new small business, it's gonna take 12 to 24 months to 36 months to even be profitable. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I might be hiring somebody to also do this heavy lifting for me. So here's my job. Show up and create a great 30-minute show, maybe have some segments, and, as, and, and also show up you're talking to Sean Cannell, you know, almost in a way, almost two decades uh, uh, away from 2003. So the content creation thing for me, I've I've practiced a lot. I've made a ton of mistakes. I've you know, but but as you get used to it, you start putting out 30 minutes that's truly truly valuable. But there's even segments where you start thinking through, like here's the stories I'm going to talk about this week. Here's what you know, mm-hmm. and then you in a sense pass that off to your team or services to distribute that across the internet. And now you have the opportunity to do one thing and to land the plane, our TikTok, this is stu- It only recently started. Of course, I'm heavily focused on YouTube. It is nice. I do have a team supporting me. It's mm-hmm. a key ingredient, but they started the TikTok without me even knowing. And all they did was re- <laughs> they they started repurposing content. That's I know awesome. you hire some young people, You know, I'm 38, you you hire Steph, he was in Toronto, Canada. He started our TikTok, you know, he's 24. We need to be on TikTok. He started repurposing stuff. I I think we already have 35,000 followers. Damn, man. Here's a huge key. We did not shout it out on our YouTube channel. We didn't send an email to our list. TikTok organic growth on its own, um, with, by the way, of course, the right thinking, the right team member, the right strategy, and arguably good content to start with, like thoughtful moments which is just, it would go into, this is how I would summarize it now. So now my job is to think about, okay, I need to really dial in my thought leadership. I I need to show up. So I'll show up to our video podcast recording with my notes ready, with my points ready, with some structure. Mm. And so much so where I'll sometimes even like, before it even happens, because once you do this for a while, you start thinking, well, I know actually even, it's called reverse engineering, right? Start with the end Mm. in mind. What are what are even a couple sound bites that actually would be worthy of less than 60 second content pieces? And by the way, TikTok is two minutes, five minutes, and even 10 minutes, depending on your account now. So that's a whole nother uh, point And And so I think thinking smarter, not harder in terms of, of your approach, because the answer to everybody listening, where should you be when it comes to social media? The answer is everywhere. Yeah. You... I mean, how how many people do you wanna reach? How big do you want your business to grow? The challenge and the bottleneck is the execution, is the system you need to build around the omnipresent strategy, which is distributing your content across LinkedIn video. And you even get into, of course, quote cards written, you know, blogs. You could translate your content into a lot of different things. But if I was to start today, to take the long road around the mountain to answer your question, YouTube would be home base because YouTube is the only place where your content lives forever. It's the only one that's truly a search engine. It's owned by Google. It's by far the dominant video platform. And yes, there's incredible organic and quote unquote viral growth on TikTok, but I would argue the quality of the viewership there is nowhere near what a YouTube audience is. That's not putting TikTok down. It's saying YouTube would be my home base. My video podcast would be the flag i plant in the ground. And I would wanna be known that my show is a no-miss show. It's quality, at least I put my best foot forward. I put my heart into it. It's it's a worthwhile pillar piece of content coming out each week. And then I would just distribute micro content from that one person Piece of content. And I'll try to double down on that strategy and get my t- team or contractors world class, which is a whole that by the way, that's what our company helps people do. Leadership development's hard as it is. So I would mm. then say that commitment would be 12 to 24 months before you even really see things happen.
1: Damn, dude. 12 to
0: 24 months? I would, I mean, because by the way, like we're not gonna go. If if we go get a small business lo- loan right now, we're gonna open up a coffee shop together, you and I. Maybe we should do this. So we go. Uh, we go to the bank. We get a, a loan. We have a business plan. Are we thinking we're gonna be profitable week one? We gotta buy our sign. <laughs> we're gonna buy our spread. We're gonna pay our team. <laughs> Like, do we think also yeah. there's going to be a line of people out the door? I mean, may, like that's the hopeful situation. But how long are we committed to this? Are we only yeah. going to go, okay, you know what? We're going to sign a two-year lease. But if this thing isn't going in six weeks, I'm just going to throw in the towel.
1: Mm. That's what
0: everybody does on social media, though.
1: That's so true. It's so, oh, oh, Instagram didn't work.
0: Oh, it's, Yeah, it, oh. it didn't work. Well, no, it works <laughs> if you work it. And, and arguably, I think to encourage people, well, what if I'm not good on camera? Or what if my content's not good at the start? It probably won't be. Like, your first videos would be your worst videos. Like, nothing's good the first time you do it. You can work hard to to improve some things, but I think that's the mindset to have. Let me pitch you a separate vision. What is it worth to you four years from now to have one of the dominant video podcasts in your niche, to be so confident and comfortable in your own skin that you can sit down and effortlessly create content Sean, it's hard to create content now. I, it feels it's a new skill. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable too whenever I go to the gym because I never go. The, my <laughs> arms are wobbly on the bar. I look weird in my form on the treadmill. I got to keep showing up to actually build the muscle memory and the strength to sustain. So what is it worth to you? And, and not only that, what will happen if you don't? Position yourself as the go-to authority in your niche, build your personal brand, get onto these platforms where this generation and the next generation's attention are. And how much upside is there when you've built the skill set and the confidence and the evergreen leads coming in and, and sales and, and a library of content where that's the, the tipping point 24 months from now, because you've been on YouTube and TikTok will not do this for you. Your library of the 52 podcasts, video podcasts you upload a week, as well as the one or two other clips you upload each week, that's 150 videos a year. You have 300 videos now, 24 months later, and some of those really got picked up in the YouTube algorithm. So what happens is now you have hundreds, if not thousands of views that your channel gets every day or every week that you're you're educating people about your products, programs, and services in a non-salesy way, but you're just letting people know what you do. Now you truly have created passive income, passive lead flow, passive business building, not only for the new episodes you're uploading, but you truly have an asset. The problem with TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, other places is their content feeds. So you have to keep feeding the monster. If you do YouTube right, Your videos work for you when you're not working. And they truly are like real estate, video estate, where they're still going up in value. They're still getting views. They're still bringing you leads. I have 10 year old videos that still get views and make money and bring me leads today now, which is insane. That is high leverage. And that's the the unlock that I think people need to see with YouTube. Will it be easy? Not saying that. Will you have to learn a new skill? Absolutely. But it is worth it when you catch the long-term Vision. You
1: mentioned something along the same lines the last time we talked. You said, and I wrote it down in my notes from two months ago. You said we invest in real estate for equity and return, uh, return on investment, and we should be doing the same thing on YouTube. And I thought, dude, that was that explains YouTube at least to me. It was like in one sentence because I'm in real estate, so of course it made sense, right? I'm like, that, that's beautiful. And, and you just, you just outlined the whole thing in the same way, which is saying, hey, video slash podcast. And for those people that are looking to to figure out what it is that they need to talk about to get that clarity, right? Because I still find that clarity and consistency seem to be the biggest challenge with anybody picking up social, any social, Right how do you how do you get that clarity and do you have like an an outlined set of pillars and how do you stay consistent
0: i mean yeah, i think it w- a couple things would be a little bit of market research i think um you know look at the landscape of of competitors competitors are a good thing if there are competitor video podcasts youtube channels that have 100,000 subscribers, a million subscribers. If there's a podcast competitor that has 1,000 reviews, that shows that there's audiences for that type of content. And then these would be basic business principles. What's your USP? So Sally Hogshead said, your goal is not to be better. Your goal is to be different. Different is better than better. Um, a great book, uh, I forget the name of the book, I think it's The Common Path to Uncommon Success by John Lee Dumas, legendary podcaster, mm-hmm. entrepreneur on fire. He 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 thought, okay, I wanna do an entrepreneur business podcast. So, you know, someone listening to this, you go, okay, well, that, that ship has sailed. That's a saturated niche. Well, no, because the difference in his case was, okay, I commute to work. So he got clear on who he was serving and I go to work every day and my commute's about 25 minutes, I know, there's no daily podcast. So the difference was even how long mm. it was. So the difference could be everything you do is under five minutes because every, everyone's doing long conversations. You go short or a lot of people are doing the interview shows. You do one that's not an inter- interview show, but it's actually more planned or structured. You find a way to be different. You also might find a way to niche down. Like I was afraid originally to write my book, YouTube Secrets, because my background was in social media for my church. In fact, my first book was called YouTube for Churches, and I was afraid to write the book because I was like, that's too niche. I was like, only one of the platforms? And then churches? Like, it's too niche. (laughs) No, you actually want to niche down until it hurts because the reverse was, I actually instantaneously, Tristan, said in all humility, became the number one expert on planet Earth for YouTube for Churches. No way. Why? Because there was literally no one else. It wasn't because I was even great. It was because I was the only. All of a sudden, YouTube for churches was such a niche combination, I combined a couple things, I became the only. And, And then what was interesting was I actually started to get hired and churches would have me come in to consult to help with their entire social media strategy. Wow. So even though I thought niching down was gonna make my world smaller, it ended up making my world bigger. So I would do some market research, think about what it is you love. I'd also, I would do your, uh, one reason to do a video podcast is honestly for yourself. Of course you should serve others, but one of the reasons why we, you might like this as well, one of the reasons why it's cool to do an interview show is because it puts you into a situation where you're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. where you're constantly getting to build your network, connect with other people. So there's so many, uh, there's so much ROI to it. You could go on oh, my first year, I didn't get a lot of business. Well, but you also maybe grew your network and that led to some conversations. One of my favorite Gary V strategies is starting an industry podcast and inviting the clients that you want to hire you into the, onto your podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: they won't, they won't meet That's with you. That's kind of sneaky, dude. <laughs> it's pretty sneaky. They That's won't good. meet with you to, for you to pitch them. But they, if you say, "Hey, I would love to interview you," or well, they all, and and you're not even interviewing the key person, you're you're interviewing the CMO because your SaaS product would help them. And you're like, "Hey, we want to talk about you know whatever environmental SaaS podcast," and like they they come on the show and it starts a relationship, and and they ask a little bit about you, and you're always Ooh. you know never press pressuring anything. So there's a lot of different ways you might position yourself. To be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, and so I think there is definitely a lot of thought that goes in. It's not an easy process. We said earlier that you know you have to relentlessly pursue clarity, but that clarity mm-hmm. can take time. Um, and so I would do a little bit of market research, look at who else is out there, look at what you could bring that's unique to this space. Sometimes that could be because you know being a, a female personality is is different than a male dominated space it could be an mm-hmm. ethnic ethnicity thing it could be an age thing too gen z has a different vibe on and take on of course entrepreneurship than baby boomers yep. so you maybe even double down it's like the baby boomer business startup podcast like that's when the opportunity i think really becomes clear because boomers who maybe are at a different pace in term and at a different energy level in terms mm-hmm. of what they want to do with maybe starting a small business. I mean, it's actually I'm just just obviously verbal processing right here, but I'm like that would be amazing, like the baby boomer startup business startup podcast. And and yeah. so uh, I think thinking about some of the the differences and then the second piece mm-hmm. I think is the opportunity though, Tristan. You said what about consistency? Yeah. Here's how. I mean, I can give you some tips about how to stay consistent. But here's actually the promise of consistency. One of my favorite quotes from Steve Jobs was that business is a game of attrition. So what he means is that actually, if you can just still be standing and still be consistent in five to seven years, the reason you'll win is just because everybody else quit. Oh, damn. Sounds like life in general. It's just life in general. So so uh, sometimes, you know, again, like, again, overnight success, they say, just takes five to 10 years, you know? And so I think about Think Media today. The first video I uploaded on our channel with 2 million subscribers, I uploaded in 2010. We now have 2 million subscribers in 2022. So 12 years later, like, we're overnight successes. <laughs> it was only it only took pain and wanting to give up and and hard seasons and and then by the way in seasons especially when it was a side hustle where I uploaded a video every week and then I did an upload all summer but then I kept coming back and there's so many abandoned mm. and orphaned podcasts and social media accounts and social media channels if you just keep going and of course you keep improving and there's there's a lot of dynamics I mean you 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 figure out how to be different. But if you're just still around, like that's where your breakthrough can be. So if uh, yeah. you know it's consistent quality content, cream always rises to the top, no matter how many cups of coffee you pour. And so if you just keep pouring out the coffee and you keep pouring out the cream, like it, it, it you might have some. You chop out some clips, you go viral on TikTok. Thank God for those stories. But don't compare yourself. You go, well, this person. Man, their thing just blew up. And and well, you don't know how big their email list was. You don't know what was happening. They might have got lucky. They talked about the right thing at the right time. I think that also luck, right, is when preparation and opportunity meet. So when you're just grinding out your show for a year and a half, this is so true in so many people we've studied as well. They're just grinding. Maybe they blew up at six months. There was one tech YouTuber, funny name, named Barnacles Nerdgasm, who he goes (laughs) That is a funny name. It took me six years to get to 60,000 subscribers and then another year to get to 600,000. So 60,000 was pretty cool, but that's a slog. Who wants to grind for six years? But also, these individuals are now in what Brian Tracy would tell us you know, the top 10% of salespeople get 80% of the sales. That's true. When you're at the top of your market, like, so when you just keep consistent, and I think then. I mean, I could share a lot of niche things, but I think if there's one thing that I feel passionate about when it comes to consistency, it's this, vision. Vision, without vision, the people perish. You gotta keep your vision white hot. You gotta keep your vision strong. When someone says, how did you keep going when the other people quit? Because of having a strong vision, an unshakable vision. an, An I will until vision. I got a vision for being a leader in my marketplace. Well, what if you're not there in two years? Well, then I'll go another year. Like I got a vision to keep improving our product, improving our, our, our con. like I've got a vision. It's kind of like Michael Jordan getting kicked off of his high school basketball team. Like pretty crazy, but he needed to get better or it was bad timing or whatever, but he didn't give up. Strong vision, vision for where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What do you want your business to be? What do you want your brand to be? Vision. I've learned that reasons come first, results come second. That's vision. I've got a vision, but the reasons driving me are for me, I need to provide for my wife, pay for these medical bills. but we also talked a lot about my faith. For me, I, I want the, one of the reasons why I want to build my platform the biggest is because I hope to influence people positively. as many people as resonate with my content. I hope they follow me and not someone else. Why? Because I hope they get they have success without losing their soul. So whatever influence I can have on their life, I just hope to share some principles that will, yes, help them win on YouTube, but ultimately also help them help them win in life and, and build some character and value things like family. So I'm th- the, my reasons, I would argue, are probably stronger than some of my competitors. Some of my competitors wanted to get rich. I wanted to make an impact and build a legacy and build generational wealth. That's vision. It's just a different level of vision, and I think that that's the different ingredient that helps people sustain through incredibly hard seasons is how mm. strong is your vision how strong are your reasons how how big is your vision when you're when you're fighting for legacy and your children's children it's a different level of motivation than saying like oh i'm just trying to like make a little money on on this trend which is it's cool too but you'll probably burn out like be, yeah. like it's just not as deep of purpose vision legacy impact.
1: Oh, you mentioned earlier, purpose-driven. So I kept on going back to that. It it makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah, you'd see a lot of people quit because they just pick up things because somebody else is doing it. It's like, oh, that looks cool. And they had success. Uh, Let's give it a try. Very, very true. All right, last question for you. Who do you follow that inspires you to, to try new things, and keep going in different routes on these social outlets.
0: So a couple uh, people I love, and I want to thank you again. I appreciate you having me on. Um, uh, One, John Maxwell. So, and that's, I mean, it's not necessarily a social media influencer, although they have fully embraced him. Of course, the John Maxwell team have fully embraced social. But I just love John, his legacy and, and leadership, his books, um. Also, man, seventy five. Still going for it. Like that's just one of, that's one. That's one <laughs> of my know. hopes. Still writing that's books. True. Still serving people. Still adding value. He's a big one. A- another guy uh, and a great YouTube channel to follow: Patrick Bet David from Valuetainment. So Valuetainment's almost four million subscribers. One of the best. Uh, entrepreneur uh, kind of channels, good good podcast. He goes kind of political. I believe he's, he's got a big insurance business, something like 7,000 on his team. I don't know what the exact Jeez. numbers are. And he's running Valuetainment, which they're building up kind of a media company arm of things. I think uh, he really inspires me. Really good book called The Next Five Moves that he wrote, Your Next Five Moves. Uh, Patrick Bed David is, uh, is another one. And then one other, um, again, less of a social media influencer, but, uh, is, is John Bervere, who's, uh, a faith-based author. Um, and then him and his wife, Lisa Bervere, they do podcasts, they embrace YouTube. They actually launched an app called messenger X. They spared no expense The people from Peloton were like, yo, what are you guys doing? And, uh, it's now in like 192 languages where they're essentially sharing, um, life development and spiritual development resources. But he's he's an author, he's done sold millions of books, um, but- I'm looking uh,
1: him up right now, man, I, I had never heard of this guy.
0: Yeah, John Brevere, Lisa Brevere, um, and and uh, yeah, incredible authors. But when I think about these guys, and I only know so much, but when I look at someone's life, the people, I, and I'll follow anybody, I believe you can eat the meat and throw out the bones. I, I'll learn from anybody, I should say. I think uh, I think that's a real big skill set. I think that sometimes we could be really judgy uh, or I think you should also be selective, but I'm just a big believer and we can learn from anyone. But when it comes to people, the guys I just mentioned, the people who I wanna follow and emulate the most, most are people uh, when I think about their family and their legacy. I think John and Lisa have mm. been married 40 years, four sons, all like uh, actually in the business and in a ministry with them. Um, you know, I believe John Maxwell, same thing. And, and again, with massive empathy, especially with my pastoral background, I know life hits us and, and, uh, and stuff can happen. Um, but like, I, I value marriage and family, man. So I, I like learning from people who built a business and stayed married. You know, I like, I like learning from people who built a business and, and are, have gotten a lot of opportunity, but didn't get stuck, get fall into greed or selfishness or, Affairs or whatever else. I mean, it's just, that's my, my framework is what, what's the whole picture. One other, uh, couple that I really love and respect is, uh, Chalene Johnson and Brett Johnson. And I actually happen to know them incredibly well, but this, one of my favorite things is getting to know their team. I've worked with them a little bit. So I look inside, I see their team and I'm like, okay, their team is healthy. Okay. They've been married almost 40 years. They, Shalene Johnson once told me she's a fitness celebrity and teaches marketing and Instagram now and a bunch of other things. There was a point when a lot of her peers, when she was at her height, they were getting invited all, everywhere to speak and show. was, so was she, they were, mm-hmm. they were getting all these opportunities and so was she, but her kids were at an age where they were, Sierra was doing her track meets, Brock was doing his football games and they made a commitment and they said, we're not going to meet any of our, miss any of our kids, football games or our track meets. Now today they've built and sold multiple you know seven figure companies and they've done all this kind of stuff but what I love learning from people where you can kind of look back over the legacy and I think mm-hmm. is the is is what winning looks like really just actually earning a little bit more money or is it is it also being able to go to my son's football games yeah. so I just I want to learn from from people like that who who are kind of crushing it in in that vision of success I believe without losing your soul and I'm and hear me. This is I, I. I don't think this sounds judgy, but maybe it's coming across. Listen, like these are weaknesses I'm aware of that I have. I am type A, driven, ambitious. I know that I could make the wrong decisions to over prioritize my my business and under prioritize my family. So I want to select those I learn from the most mentors and leaders that. Have built legacies where I look back at their, the holistic priorities they have, because mm-hmm. I don't want to get to the top of the mountain and realize I climbed the wrong mountain, or I don't want to get to the top of the mountain where I'm getting applause from the crowds, but I've lost the love and respect of my children.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the wrong mountain, man. Yeah, end. I yep. agree with you. Yeah, all right. You you mentioned a couple of things. Bus Sprout is that. Uh, from what you've seen, better than Podbean, different. You know, do you enough uh, enough about either of them to say?
0: Man, there's Pod, there's also Libsyn, right? So there's yeah. Libsyn, Podbean. I don't know. I I don't know enough to say if it's better. I just know that it's great, user friendly, has a lot of cool features. I'm not sure too. We don't do dynamic advertising. That's a huge opportunity in podcasts, though. Dynamic advertising, where they can go into past episodes and insert ads, change ads around go back, like, imagine this, you want to just promote an upcoming thing. So you just tack on a 10 second quick call to action onto all your old episodes. Why, wow. not? So, Why not? So I don't know what, I'm not fully familiar with Podbean's features, but, but, but Buzzsprout's pretty cool. And, uh, definitely I think those would be a couple to just compare and contrast what features you need.
1: Dude, I love that. And you mentioned rep- repurpose house as well. Anything else like that, that you know of?
0: Yeah, repurpose house. Um, I'm not sure of alternatives to that, but it is kind of a new frontier. VidChops is another one, which is that just a video editor for you, but you for a really affordable price, you know, set up your phone, set up your camera, record for the 35 minutes, but you know, going through your outline, but the final video is gonna be eight minutes, dropbox all that footage to them they edit it 24 hours. They, they give you the final video, much more affordable than like hiring a full-time staff member to be a video editor. Most wouldn't need that. So VidChops is an online service and then repurpose house. Similarly, is kind of like an online service where they've built a team of essentially you just pay them and their contractors. But what's cool is they give you a, eventually a dedicated person, uh, depending on the package you pick, they'll, they'll brand out the way your, your clips or your vertical videos look. And so, uh, um, the secret would go. You go to Google and you go vid. You go repurpose house vs. versus, and Google will predict oh, your right. alternatives. You could go vid shops <laughs> versus, and 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 I can recommend both of those. But I would say you know we we always need to be learning and growing. And this whole like social media landscape as far as the tools and services, it's exciting. Like I mean, I think meaning it's complex. There's a lot to learn, but everything's getting easier it's getting more affordable and yeah. it's getting more streamlined you know take sean cannell 2003 shooting videos for my youth group capturing minute for minute on a vhs tape you know now we're now we're shooting on our phone Dropboxing it to somebody and getting our video back 24 hours later it's a new world so i know this can feel yes. overwhelming for the listener but it's like there's some incredible things we're living through pace yourself embrace some of these new tools and uh you can do this stuff and where do we follow you and learn more about you? Besides YouTube Think Media, right? Yeah, yeah, so Sean Cannell rhymes with YouTube channel on uh, on Instagram and all the social media platforms. That's S-E-A-N for Sean, and then my last name, Cannell, C-A-N-N-E-L-L. And then, um, yeah, our YouTube channel is Think Media, and super excited about um, YouTube Secrets second edition. At the time of us sitting down and recording this, it literally is hot off the presses. And so it is fresh with all the new stats, all the new data. And and this is what the data reveals. This next decade is gonna be the best decade on YouTube. The creator economy is exploding. Um, Believe it or not, SignalFire did a report that said, being a content creator is the fastest growing type of small business right now.
1: Damn, dude.
0: Yeah. And so it's a real space. And whether you already have a business, you already have a practice consultancy coaching you work somewhere else like just learning about this industry it's here this is this is no longer a theory it is happening and i actually believe everybody listening to this has a massive opportunity to start getting educated about all this kind of stuff and so a good place to start i think if you if you like reading or audiobooks is uh youtube secrets second edition that's out now
1: Which, of course, I have. So thank you for that. Do you ever stream live? Do you ever do lives uh, on YouTube or do you just do them on Instagram?
0: Yeah, so I mainly strive. We do have two channels, actually. We have our Think Media channel and then our channel called Think Media Podcast, which would be your living example of a video podcast channel. And that's where I stream live mostly. And there's another tool that comes to top of mind. It's called StreamYard. Um, Definitely our favorite. There's a couple alternatives, Ecamm Live or like Restream.io, but StreamYard's amazing. And so even just this last Saturday when the book was updated, uh, second edition, I I did a stream and I went to my podcast channel on YouTube. I went to my Facebook fan page. We have a private group for some of our YouTube kind of group coaching stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I just checked those three boxes really easy in StreamYard and hit go live and was able to broadcast, you know, to three places at once. That's a one, it makes it, StreamYard is an easy tool to do that. Yeah. And there's, there are other tools, but that's, I love that kind of thinking where how can you do something one time and maximize it multiple places? Even if some of those other channels you have, you're like, well, my Facebook's not that big or whatever, or it's not even something I'm thinking about. Yeah, but mm-hmm. why not? Like, I'll even talk to our team. They're like, yeah, we only got, you know, four likes on the obscure Facebook stream. And uh, mm-hmm. and there was 12 people there. And I was like, yeah, but had we not done that, that would have been zero. So what about- <laughs> That's like, true. Like, so 12 uh, what, twelve <laughs> people matter, you know? So sometimes, That's you know, right. don't compare yourself to somebody getting thousands of views. If you get eight views here and two views on your YouTube channel, I and mean, we all start somewhere, it's how it builds up. And so, getting a system and tools like that, and then being consistent. So that's where I stream would be on the think media podcast channel.
1: All right, dude. I love that a lot. All right, man. Thank you so much for being on. I hope we have you back at some point doing something else here with us, but I'll keep on pushing your book. We like it here. So thanks again for jumping on.
0: I mean, I appreciate you so much, Tristan. Thank you for having me on and massive love and respect to your community. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.